A reading from the 15th chapter of the Gospel according to Luke, beginning with verse 1. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. Which one of you having a hundred sheep and losing one of them does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it and lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents, over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me! For I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Every once in a while, a small child will say something so obviously brilliant that adult witnesses around the child will look at each other and say, Out of the mouths of babes. Right? You ever had that experience? If you've ever done children's church, you've had that experience. At Livingston United Methodist Church, a young man named Trace used to terrify me. Because I never knew what he was going to ask or say, and sometimes I would just look at them and tell the church, that's better than what I had. Listen to him. (laughs) And when I went back for homecoming a few years, the pastor asked me if I wanted to do children's church. I said, nope. (laughs) And he said, why not? I said, because Trace might ask me a hard question. He said, Trace never talks now. <laughs> and I said, it's not right. <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes. That's an idiom born from Psalm 8 and from Matthew 21. In, chapter, in verse 16 of chapter 21, the people around Jesus are grumbling again and being critical of the little children who were dancing and singing in the temple. We would never do that, Right? But they were, they were upset because little children were singing and dancing and singing about Jesus in the temple of God. How dare they? And Jesus said to them, Have you never read out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies you have a prepared praise for yourself? Today, we get to hear some of that praise, some of the best words ever spoken, some of the best news ever spoken, Not out of the mouths of babes, but out of the mouths of old grumblers. Why y'all laughing? Y'all know some old grumblers? Which is pretty amazing. Because you know, usually people who spend their time grumbling are basically wasting breath, aren't they? But these scribes and Pharisees in their rush and their want to demean and incriminate Jesus announced some of the greatest news ever. Well, really, just ever. It is the greatest news ever announced. 
Luke writes that tax collectors and sinners were coming near to Jesus. Now, we may not all be tax collectors. I got in trouble one time using this parable because I actually had a tax collector in my church. I couldn't figure out why she was squirming, and then I remembered she worked for the IRS. (laughs) We may not all be tax collectors, but I would risk saying that it's unlikely we all made it through the week having committed no sin. I'd risk saying that we are all, to some degree, sinners. Now, I threw that to some degree in there to keep you from being mad at me. Because if I call you a sinner in church and you get mad at me, you're sinning again according to Jesus, right? Because you're angry at your brother. So, I guess if you hadn't sinned until I called you a sinner and then you got angry and looked at me and said, I'm mad at him, well, join the club. So we've sufficiently proven we're all sinners here today. Don't you agree, church? I don't think we can get away with claiming that we have no sin in our life. So that means that the great news spoken that day by those Pharisees and those scribes is for us, just as it was for those tax collectors and sinners who were coming near to Jesus. So what was it? What is the great news that they grumbled under their breath? What is the great news that came out of the mouth of complainers? What good news is there for us sinners today? Out of the mouths of grumblers, we hear this. This man welcomes sinners. Would you say that with me? This man welcomes sinners. Let's do it again, but louder. This man welcomes sinners. Which, I don't know if you caught that or not, that means Jesus welcomes us. Now that doesn't mean that Jesus simply allowed them to come near them. It doesn't mean that He simply put up with them. It means something more than that. Scholar Scott Hosey points out that the word used for welcome has as its root a Greek word, That implies to bring something into your arms. To take hold of it. The image here is not just of saying, hey, come on in the house, but embracing someone on the porch and dragging them in by the hand. In other words, the grumblers could have said about Jesus, this man hugs sinners. They mean it to be a charge, an insult, a statement of indignance. They want everybody to go, (gasps) They seem appalled, wondering how anyone could receive a sinner, much less welcome them, much less touch them, much less let them sit at His feet and listen to Him. This man hugs sinners. That's, That's what amazing grace is. It's words of hope. And they come to us out of the mouths of grumblers. I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul's words to the church at Corinth. He wrote to them, God in Christ was reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. 
The Pharisees and the scribes are upset and they grumble. And I wonder, is that because they saw Jesus offering to sinners signs of reconciliation and love? Welcoming them, touching them, hugging them. It made them angry. Reconciliation and love. That's what Jesus' parables of the lost sheep and lost coin point to. They are Jesus' confirmation of the grumbler's charge against Him. They are His way of saying, Dang right I welcome sinners and I eat with them too. Pharisees and scribes, I think, saw the tax collectors, and this is important, the tax collectors and sinners, they saw as worthless and unworthy of being welcomed. A pastor named Philip McClarty tells a story that he takes from William Barclay about a young doctor who was backpacking across Europe. He traveled for several weeks, much of it by foot. And so from his outside appearances, he very much looked like a bum. He hadn't shaved, his hair was long as matted, his clothes were dirty and worn, and for some reason he became seriously ill. A couple of strangers found him lying half-conscious by the side of the road and took him to a hospital. The attending physicians examined him and just shook their heads. One looked at the other and whispered to the other in Latin, What a worthless person. We do him a favor just to let him die. The young doctor lying on the table understood every word they said. He looked up and replied to them in Latin, Never call a man worthless for whom Christ has died. Worthless. Undeserving. Lost to dignity. Lost to respect. Better off dead. Our world is still that cold. Our world is still that heartless. Perhaps that's how the Pharisees saw the tax collectors and sinners worthless. These people that Jesus was being so radical and bold as to welcome them. Maybe even to touch them in scandal of all scandals, possibly even to hug them. As dirty as they were. Jesus welcomed sinners. Jesus still welcomes sinners. Why? Because Jesus is in touch with the radical and relentless love of the Father who sent Him. To cement that point, Jesus tells parables of a lost sheep and a lost coin because Jesus was searching, seeking, finding even those whom the righteous grumblers themselves believed were beyond the desire of God. They weren't worth helping. God didn't want them. Look at them. Look at what they are. Look how dirty they are. God doesn't want them. Don't let them touch you, Jesus! Later on in the 19th chapter of Luke, 
Jesus will say to the people sitting in Zacharias, Zacchaeus' house, Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. All those people who grumbled because Zacchaeus responded to him. The result of Jesus' parables is not grumbling, but joy. When the shepherd finds the sheep, he rejoices. When the woman finds the coin, she rejoices. I wonder, how did the tax collectors and sinners feel when Jesus not only refused to turn them away like the Pharisees did, but when He welcomed them, when He touched them, when possibly even hugged them? When everyone else thought it was proper to hate them. Maybe they felt the way we feel when one of Jesus' disciples love us, when we feel unlovable, when we feel lost, when we feel hurt, when we feel despondent, when we feel like the world has sat upon our neck. Maybe they feel the way we feel when people draw beside us in our time of deepest hurt and remind us that Christ is with us. I suspect they felt peace It's in those moments that we feel Jesus' welcome centered in the radical and relentless love of God and we learn then that God will not give up on us. God will look for us until we are found in every circumstance of our life, pulling away the rug, sweeping the corners, looking everywhere for us. God will not quit. It's in the loving embrace of one who follows Christ that we feel that joy of God. But to the Pharisees and the scribes, Jesus said, Which one of you, you righteous grumblers, which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not lead the ninety-nine in wilderness and go after the one that is lost? I suspect, that the answer, I suspect the answer Jesus is implying is that none of them would have. And I suspect that because they wouldn't recognize the lost sheep in front of them the lost sheep of God's own flock, those they had been called to have charge over and to teach the ways of God. They saw them as worthless. They wouldn't even recognize God's own sheep in front of them. But Jesus will seek and save the lost. And finding us sinners, He welcomes and embraces us as a shepherd who lays his lost sheep on his shoulders and brings it home. God's love is radical and relentless enough to look for, to find and rejoice over the one lost sheep. That love was present in Jesus. And through the resurrection of the Jesus and sending of the Holy Spirit to us, that love is present in us, in Jesus' church. That radical and relentless love is still present in us. The Lord be with you. That's what we mean when we say that. When we acknowledge that Christ is present, we acknowledge that the radical and relentless love of God is with us. 
that the risen Christ is with us, that the risen Christ is with us searching and seeking for us and for our neighbors and for all those who hurt, for all of those that the world has looked at and said they're not worth saving. Let them go off into death. It's their fault. They didn't plan for their life. Let their own deal with them. Can you imagine Jesus saying that that day? Can you imagine the words of today's political rhetoric on the words on the lips of our Lord? Can you imagine Jesus saying anything our candidates say today about people who hurt and are lost in the world? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine Jesus saying, just bomb the hell out of them, they don't matter. Can you hear your Lord saying that? Does that sound like one who leaves the 99 and goes and finds the lost? No, it doesn't, does it? But you're here today because Jesus came and found you. And you didn't deserve it. But He did it anyway. Because God's love is radical and relentless. Today we might have come here feeling lost, feeling separated from God by our sin, from our addictions, our hurts, our lack of hope, feeling deeply our condition of not knowing how in the world we can make it till tomorrow. For we are sinners. But out of the mouths of grumblers, out of those who had the audacity to look at children of God and say they don't matter, out of their mouths came the greatest news ever spoken. Jesus welcomes the worthless. In Jesus Christ, the blessed Trinity seeks us, finds us, and welcomes us back into the fold of God. In Christ, God is reconciling us to God's self. The Pharisees and the scribes were more interested in judging the worthless than seeing the joy of God over the worthless finding life. And so Jesus tells parables about a God who rejoices in finding things that seem to be of little worth. These stories are about a God who always and relentlessly searches for us, even us sinners. That same God welcomes us, embraces over us, rejoices with us, and through these stories of Jesus, dares us to say that someone else is not deserving of being found. How could we possibly ever think that? Perhaps you came here today feeling a little lost. Like a sheep nibbling away at the grass in front of you, you nibbled at the world until one day you looked up and you realized that you were separated, that you were discombobulated and out of place. And perhaps you found yourself filled with feelings of panic, of remorse, of anger, sorrow, confusion, hurt, hatred, or even worthlessness. If that's the case, I have good news for you. God in Christ has met you here today. 
come to find you. It's easy to find ourselves feeling lost. It's easy to find ourselves feeling worthless. It's easy to find ourselves providing ample evidence that we are indeed sinners. But out of the mouths of those crotchety old gum grumblers today comes for us sinners these blessed words. This fellow welcomes sinners. Which means Christ welcomes me. And for that, I am so thankful. And dear ones, it means that Christ welcomes you. He comes today to find us. Let us run into His arms. There we will find joy and rest. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.